Today we are joined by the wonderful Tara Fritz, a fourth year occupational therapy student at Southern Cross University on our Gold Coast campus. Tara is definitely keeping herself busy and when she's not working casually as an occupational therapy assistant, you'll find her helping out as an SCU study buddy mentor, also a uni mentor as well, or being a vice president for the SCU Occupational Therapy Student Association. This episode is perfect for those who are thinking about studying OT or in their early years and wondering how they can get their foot further in the door. As Tara answers all of our burning OT questions, thank you so much for joining us, Tara. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so you definitely keep yourself busy, but what we want to know is <laughs> what we want to know is what is occupational therapy? Yeah, it's such a great question and it's one that, you know, even four years on, I'm still trying to, I guess, learn my elevator pitch. (laughs) Um, But essentially the way I like to explain it to people is occupational therapy is just helping people live their best life regardless of their situation or circumstance. So really what OT is focused on is primarily helping people regain independence in their lives after they might have an injury, they might have an illness, um, they could have um, a psychosocial disability, so mental health conditions, um, anything that might present as a barrier to just doing the things that you need to do each day. OT is concerned with coming in and helping you find new ways to overcome those barriers and yeah, live your best life. What kind of career outcomes could you gain from studying occupational therapy? Occupational therapy is so broad, which is one of the things I love about it. So when you graduate, you will graduate with a Bachelor of Occupational Therapy, but you might work as an OT in a hospital, in an acute rehab ward. You might go and work in a school as a school-based OT. You might work primarily in aged care, helping elderly people with things like um, falls risk assessments. You might specialize in pediatrics. You might specialize in neurological rehab. So it's such a broad profession, which is one of the things I love about it. Um, It means that if you, you know, get a little bit bored of one area, there's so many others that you could jump into. So, yeah, there's quite a lot of career possibilities after graduation, which is amazing. Yeah, it's so good. So what made you want to study occupational therapy? I'll give you the condensed story. (laughs) So essentially um, back in 2015, my now fiance had quite a severe motorbike accident. He had quite a number of orthopedic injuries. Um, Yeah, it was quite, it was quite a bad accident to be honest with you, but we, he recovered, took about six months recovery. Um, We moved to Melbourne. We lived there for a few years and I was sort of looking at what to do in the next stage of my life. And because of the experiences we had with that, I was initially thinking physiotherapy. And I had this conversation with a good friend of mine and she was the one that actually said, have you heard about occupational therapy? I think you would be really good at it. So I looked into that a little bit more um, and absolutely fell in love with OT. I love how holistic it is. And it's about the whole body and not just the physical realm. It's the spiritual, the cognitive realm all those sorts of things that make us 
human beings. So yeah, I just fell mm. in love and I'm so glad I chose OT. Oh, well, that's lovely. Well, I'm sure you would be helpful to not only your now fiance, but any anybody like that you meet it sounds like it's such a beautiful like occupation like you can do so much with it yeah definitely and that's that's the thing I I love so much about it I'm someone that needs to be doing a lot of different stuff and have variety to stay interested and motivated and I've never found something that gives me that like OT does beautiful Tell us a little bit about what studying occupational therapy has been like at Southern Cross. I have really enjoyed it. It is quite a confronting first year of the degree because you do do quite a number of big units, especially anatomy. So it's it's a challenging entry, um, but I've always found that the lecturers have been more than helpful. I've never felt afraid to reach out if I was struggling Um, There's so many different support systems in place. So I have had a really great experience. And one of the main reasons I actually chose Southern Cross's OT program was because of how hands-on it seems compared to some of the other universities I had a look at. Mm. Um, So I'm so glad I I made the decision to go with Southern Cross. Um, But yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's It's been a big few years, but I wouldn't change a thing. No. Do you have a favorite subject so far that stands out? Yeah, definitely. So one of my favorite units was in third year and it was the cognition unit. Um, I have quite a big interest in um, neurorehabilitation and the whole cognitive side of OT. And that's something that also stems from my partner's accident as he did have a traumatic Mm -hmm. brain injury. So that's just become a bit of an interest area to me. So yeah, I'd say that's probably the primary area of interest but with regards to units there was quite a few I really enjoyed Um, from memory sensory motor assessments was another one I really liked Um, I really enjoyed the psychosocial unit which was all about mental health Um, I didn't really know what to expect going into it and didn't really understand how OT can play a role in mental health rehabilitation but that unit gave me such a a better understanding and appreciation for it so I really enjoyed that one as well. And has there been anything that has surprised you about OT and that you didn't realise when you first started studying? Yeah, I think just like I mentioned before, how broad it is and how many um, how many conditions and people we actually can help. Like I didn't really realise that hand therapy was within the scope of OT. I didn't realise that um, lymphedema management was in the scope of OT until my third year placement. So there's been all these little things pop up where I've gone, wow, I didn't know we could help with that. So it's just been really interesting, especially as someone who didn't really know much about OT to begin with coming into the degree to learn just how many people it could be beneficial for is, is really heartwarming. Yeah. What personality traits do you think you have a hold on to be an occupational therapist? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I think you need to be, I think you need to be someone who's good at doing your research and making a bit of a plan, um, especially when it comes to, you know, preparing sessions for clients and working out what you're going to going to do for this person, but also then need to be able to adapt on the fly is something that I think is, it's a really challenging skill, um, but something that's really important because things don't always work how you are expecting them to work or how you want them to work in the real world. So I think that adaptability is a really big one. I think compassion and empathy as well is huge because 
you might meet and work with these people, but you might not always know exactly what's going on in their lives. Um, and it's really important to be able to listen to what they're saying to you and above all recognize that they're a human being with their own unique struggles. Um, so I think that's really important. Just being a kind person, really. Do you take into consideration as well, like their background, like whether they suffer from any mental health issues or if they um, are a person that's on the autism spectrum or, you know, if they're transgender or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. So part of our initial, um, you know, initial appointments and assessments with the clients that we see is to create a functional capacity assessment. So within that, we take into account their medical history, their background. We want to know all about who this person is, what their strengths are, what their barriers are, um, and go from there. So, yeah, it's so important because that can also then affect the way that you communicate with these people, other supports you might need in place. You know, if you've got a client who has a history of being aggressive, you might want to make sure you're going in pairs. So it's so important to make sure you've got a really good understanding of the person before you start working with them. Yeah, I can imagine that would be very important. So how did you actually become a casual OT assistant while also studying as well? Um, so I actually just saw my now boss post an ad in, I think it was actually the Occupational Therapy Student Alliance closed Facebook group that we have. Um, I was just laying on the couch one day relaxing and saw her post an ad up saying I'm looking for a casual, primarily work from home OTA. So I messaged her and yeah, have worked there for, I think, close to seven months now. Wow. So you do that all from home. What what would be the difference to being actually there in person? Yeah. So it is a bit of a different role. So I am primarily responsible for once the OTs have done those functional capacity assessments and worked out, you know, what they really need to do for their client. Um, a lot of that in my company is home modifications and assistive technology. So I will then take all that information and fill out the NDIS report. So obviously that's something that can be done on a computer from home, whereas other OTA positions are a bit more hands-on. So you might actually be accompanying the OT to sessions with your clients, helping them do the therapy itself. So it really just does depend on the job that you're looking for and where you're working but mine has been really great in the sense I can work when I have time so I can fit it around all the many other things I do day to day. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I do online um, at SU and anything that is online or work from home based is amazing because you can literally work it around your whole life. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it means if I've done uni all day, but I know I need to get a little bit of work done for my work, I can do that with dinner, you know, at night if I need to. So I really love the freedom and flexibility it gives me. You know, it would be great to get some hands-on experience, but it's also been amazing to get that experience doing the NDIS report. So I've been really, really grateful for that experience. Yeah. What are the OT facilities like at Southern Cross University's Gold Coast campus? Yeah, so there's quite a large daily living lab um, in Building B. So a lot of the more practical hands-on units are run in that space. So things like mobility and personal care, which I think is still a first-year subject, and that's where you get to learn how to safely 
operate wheelchairs and use hoists and do transfers and all those sorts of things. There's kitchen and laundry facilities in there. So you can actually practice using those sorts of facilities as if you were someone with a disability. Um, so it's really quite a great living, um, daily living lab up there. Quite a lot of the units are run out of it. Um, and there's also so many great study spaces around the campus as well. Wow. So it, it sounds like most of the stuff you would do is maybe like hands-on. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a mix, um, but there is quite a lot of it. But then other units in saying that are a little bit more research-based, um, things like psychosocial, the mental health unit, for example, is a lot more research-based. There's not a lot of hands-on involved in that, but it is a really nice split. Um, so it feels like you're really getting involved and not just kind of sitting at a computer for the four years of your degree. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest things that I've loved about Southern Cross is that most things aren't just book work. It's yeah. also going out and actually doing what you want to do in, in your career. And it's so good. That's exactly right. So what's your favorite thing about Southern Cross University and why you chose SEU to study? Yeah, I chose SCU for a few reasons. Um, one, as mentioned before, I really like the OT program that they offer. Um, two, it's so close to home and all of my family. Um, it's such a great, beautiful campus right by the ocean. Um, it is quite a new university compared to some of the others. So I feel like it's a little bit more modern in its approach to certain things. Um, but I just got a really good feel from it. Uh, if I can say that, it was just, it just felt like the right decision for me. Yeah. I truly believe if it feels right, it is right. And also, I mean, we have that beautiful, like recently new building, building C with that new library down below and it's so good. Mm, I love it's it. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for students who are thinking about becoming an occupational therapist and wanting to study at Southern Cross University? Um, I would say, and this is something that I actually did myself, I got on YouTube and actually watched a few videos about the day in the life of an OT. I also reached out to a friend I went to high school with who works as an OT wow. just to get like a really good idea of, is this something that I want to dedicate the next four years of my life to? Because it's a long time and, mm. you know, you can transfer if you find it's not for you, you can leave if you need to, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think for me, especially being in my late twenties at that point, I was really looking for something that I've really, really connected with and could stick with. So that for me was really beneficial to understand what OT was all about. Um, and with regards to then studying at Southern Cross, I would say jump online and have a look at all the different facilities and services that are on offer. See if you can do a campus tour, um, you know, see if you can reach out to anyone that might study there already. Just do, you know, you got to put yourself out there and it's only going to benefit you more in the long run. So do whatever you feel like you need to do would be my best advice. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea because there's, I mean, to me, university was a big commitment. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just go to uni and just study something. I don't know. Like my um, my fiancé was like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about studying business or whatever. And I was like, if you're going to do that, I want you to really, really think about it and mm. then really pitch it if that's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's exactly right. I kind of felt the same. I had jumped from quite a few you know, I had done veterinary nursing for a while. I tried graphic design. I worked in admin on and off for 
years and I was really looking for that something that I really felt like was for me. So yeah, doing that research and making sure I was ready to commit four years, especially full time as a student. You know, I haven't worked until recently. So I've been on Oz study and it's really quite a challenging way to live. So I think you want to make sure that this is what you want to do before you you do it. Exactly. And how did you actually get into becoming a Southern Cross University study buddy? I saw the email, um, an email came around uh, basically just saying we're looking for study buddies for 2022. Um, You know, if you're interested in providing academic support to other students, submit your application. And at that point, I had been doing uni mentor for a while. And I was also looking to make a little bit of extra money on the side. So I was like, yeah, I'll apply, I'll do this. Um, And it's been fantastic. It's such a rewarding feeling when students come in and you're able to send them on their way feeling a bit less stressed and possibly a bit more confident. So I've been so glad I found it. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember that time when you first arrived on campus and you're fresh out of school and you're like, oh, what am I doing here? I Or, or if you're someone that hasn't studied in a long time too, it's really daunting as well. And you have no idea where anything is. You probably don't have friends yet yeah definitely and I I started uni um when I was 26 so I was a bit older which I feel like was really in my favor but yeah I hadn't studied at a university level since 2012 when I I started studying law and realized that I didn't want to do law um so it had been quite a long time but yeah I often think of you know the people that have come straight out of high school straight into university it's university and it's such a shock it's so different so I think these programs that are there that say hey like if you're struggling just drop in and talk to a student who's done it all before it's such a nice feeling because sometimes you just need someone to talk to to know that you're not alone either so yeah it's been so rewarding it's been really really great and besides helping the ease into like transitioning into uni what other things can study buddies help with um, for people that are, are buddied up essentially? Yeah, so we have students drop in who need some guidance on referencing. Um, it's a very common one. We've had students drop in who are just a little bit unsure about what their assignment is asking of them so we can have a look at the assignment briefs together and see if they're on the right track. Uh, we've got people who kind of drop in because they don't know where else to go and we can direct them to the right service. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, um, but it's, you know, it's really whatever someone needs help with, we're there and we'll help where we can. And if we have to send you on to somewhere else, we'll do that as well. So everyone wants to see everyone succeed and that's what it's all about. And you mentioned that you're, you're also a uni mentor. What is the difference between a study buddy mentor and a uni mentor? Yeah, so Uni Mentor is primarily a program for first year undergraduate students. So I, um, in the past, I've taken on a few mentees at the time, but at the moment, I just have one. Um, And it's more of a social support kind of program as opposed to academic support. So just sort of checking in week by week and seeing how your mentee is doing and how they're settling in, if they've got any questions. Um, Whereas Study Bunny is for students of any year level 
Um, they can drop in with any questions they have and it's a little bit more of that academic focus. Yeah, and you mentioned drop in. So Study Buddies, where can people find or get in contact with Study Buddies? Yeah, so Study Buddy is an online program. So you just access it through Blackboard. Um, There is always two Study Buddies on Monday to Friday from 12 till 3 p.m. You don't need to make an appointment or anything like that. You can just drop in anytime between 12 and 3 um, and someone will give you a hand. Yeah. Now, this is a bit interesting. So you were also awarded a scholarship to undertake a research project with SEU's National Centre for Naturopathic Medicine. Tell us a little bit about that. I was. So the project that I worked on um, now has the title of Clinical Guidance on the Use of Complementary Medicine for Depression. So really the project was concerned with investigating clinical practice guidelines aimed at depression treatment and management and really having a look at whether or not these guidelines are including complementary and alternative medicines. So they can include things like herbal medicines, like St. John's wort is quite a well-known one. They could include things like yoga, tai chi, um, light therapy. So anything that's considered alternative, we wanted to find out whether or not they're actually being considered for the management of depression. Wow, that's really interesting. I love that. Yeah, so it was. Um, it's still sort of ongoing. We're still trying to finalise the, the end stages, um, but it's been such an amazing experience just to get um, more insight into the world of, of research, um, especially because I'm interested in doing my master's one day. So this has really given me some amazing experience to see, you know, what doing a, a master's by research would actually look like. Yeah. What would be your dream career after graduating? I would love to be an OT working in the neuro rehab sort of area. Um, I also would love to be a university lecturer one day in the future, maybe even a mix of the two. Wow, you could come back and teach I at, could. at SU. <laughs> love that. I could. <laughs> um, and what would you like to see for the future of um, occupational therapy? I think one of the standout things is so many people still don't know what occupational therapy is. And I often say, you know, people say, what do you do? I study. Oh, what do you study? I study occupational therapy. And I never really know if someone knows what that is because, um, you know, you hear the word occupation, you immediately think of a job. So, so many people think that occupational therapy is focused at helping people find employment, yeah. um, which, you know, makes sense. It's, it's sort of the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think one of the big things for the OT profession moving forward that I would love to see is just more advocacy, more transparency and education around who we are and what we actually do, because, you know, it's such a beneficial profession and, health service. Um, And I feel like a lot of people don't really know what it's all about. Thank you so much for joining us, Tara. It's been wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it.